This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. If you can learn to work and play, and get along with each other. Welcome to Wednesday War Games, episode number 53. I was actually going to do a thing as you like, as I did the introduction, where I was like, and for once Liam didn't do a bit while I was doing the intro. And then you go. I had a bit planned from the beginning. Of course you have a bit planned from the beginning, because you're a bit planned player. Nah, there's nothing there. Uh, Liam, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. What's your bit? Go on, bit away. Oh, the. I was gonna do like a political correspondence thing. Uh huh. It's like they they come to us for all their political uh, needs and wants, and um, we were gonna announce the president of the United States at the end of the show. Uh, well, you see, if you watch cable news, literally nothing has happened in twenty four hours because they're very very slowly counting votes in Nevada, Arizona, Georgia. Uh, whereas the other ones, it's I don't think North Carolina still hasn't been called. Uh, and then Pennsylvania is the other big one. And like, so like nothing's happening. They're very slowly counting those votes. So the cable news has been sitting there pretending this is like very urgent and important while nothing happens for a very long period of time. So maybe that's what we should do for our podcast. We should just talk about nothing for a very long period of time, infinitely speculating about what could happen, mm. but waiting for literally anything to actually happen. In fact, there's been some episodes where we've literally done that. <laughs> hey, our our episodes are thrilling. They're full of content. They're very... I hate the word content. Content has been co-opted. <laughs> no, anybody that's not a corporate executive at Disney who uses the word content in a way that is unironic uh, should be thrown into a river. This Disney bias. <laughs> but, like, if you're a corporate executive who owns, like, a multimedia conglomerate, you can use the word content. If you're a dude sending tweets, or if you're someone making videos or making a podcast, don't use the word content. You're not a brand. Get over yourself. I was looking, like, you know, John King does the CNN electoral maps, and, like, someone's like, he never runs out of content. It's like, no, he just talks. He never runs out of things to say. Stop calling things content. You're not a multi freaking media conglomerate executive. Stop using the word. Very annoying. I think uh, we are both content creators. <laughs> we are creating content as we speak. My tweets are... Con- I'm going to tweet the words. My tweets are hashtag content. I can't even do it. I can't even do it on I That's true. <laughs> it's literally content that you're producing. It is not. If that's what we consider content now, the bar for what we call content is incredibly low. Yes, that is true. <laughs> Which I think that's true of this podcast. Uh, the bar for what we hey, call yo, content hey. on this podcast is incredible. Hey, yo, hey, yo, hey. <laughs> hey, we're um, relatively on time two weeks in a row, though. Well, it depends how quickly I yeah. edit this. This could like end up going up on like Monday night if I don't edit it on time. And then I say, like, hey, we're going up. Early. I suppose I could edit the relatively on time bit out. Because that's the wonders of editing. You don't know all the problematic things Liam says that I take out of the show. But... Mm. It's true. I would have been cancelled 20 times over. Mm. What's like, have you actually had to have taken stuff out? Have I taken stuff out that I've thought is problematic? Yes. Though I'll (laughs) never tell you what. Will you tell me what after the podcast? Every so often. Now I'm just curious. Because I can just edit this out. And we're back from all the problematic things we take out of our podcast. There you go. (laughs) 
it's a long list. It's an exhaustive list. Uh, sure, yeah. Well, that's what happens when you make content in 2020. No! <laughs> I hate you. So, how you doing? How you doing in the, the yeah. world that is the long US election? You know, it's a very stressful time. Americans would hate... If they, if they lived in Ireland, they would not deal... Because we don't start counting until the next day. Like, we all go vote because we vote on paper with pencils. Like, like very old-fashioned, horrible old people. Because we tried to do electronic voting like 20 years ago and we messed it up entirely. So a whole generation will not trust electronic voting in this country. So we vote by paper paper, paper and pencil, which is actually much harder to hack. It's actually probably... Too. It's election best, best practice, I think, at this stage. Because given the, the propensity for people to try and hack things. But mm. so we don't even start counting till the next day. And there's like people who aren't elected until like six days later on the 10th count after we've eliminated all the other candidates. And Americans would just freak the hell out at that because they're like, fraud, fraud, fraud. It's like, no, that's just counting. Mm. It takes time. It, like we take about a day. Man, look at you with your, ooh, we can count the votes much quicker than you Irish. <laughs> well, it's like, well, like, no, we don't. We're like you. We don't start. Oh, well, I guess we do start counting. I don't. I don't know when the counts begin, but but it takes about like you know we'll do it Friday, and then end of Saturday we'll do. Because like the thing is the way our our election system works is, is that we have proportional representation to a single transferable vote or ranked choice as some people prefer. Um, so uh, whenever a candidate doesn't reach the quota, people are eliminated. So that's why we take so long because we're very slow counters. And because uh, all the election officials are like part-time paid people who get paid quite well, so they probably deliberately count slowly to get more days out of it to be deeply cynical about it. Gotta do what you gotta do. Hey, those people get paid. It's good for the economy or something, right? Yeah, sure. I don't know. I, I like the electoral process. I've always, like, been a fan of it. Uh, in America or just Australia? Just being a part of it. Ah, you like voting? I, I, I like going out and voting. I, I like uh, I like reading all of the different uh, candidates and their stances. You like ticking boxes with pencils? We don't tick boxes. I think we go for X's. Yeah, we go 1 to 10. Uh, do you have to vote? I assume you don't have to rank all of them. Um, you can. Oh, are you are you, you the person are you the kind of person who does in fact rank every candidate? I do indeed. There was one year cuz like I think sometimes there's like I don't know 14 candidates running in my constituency. It's, I think it's a 40 constituency these days, so it might even be more. Uh, but there was a candidate I really didn't like, so I like deliberately ranked everybody just to put them last. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> out of sheer yeah. no, which actually technically means I've actually technically voted for them because it would uh, if I did not rank them at all they would have gotten less of a vote so in my spite I helped them but it, it <laughs> but nonetheless spite it felt better, it felt better. yes mm. yeah um yeah, I've always I've always liked the voting process mm. I guess I, I just you know it um as it should be it is mandatory here. I was going to say you are you're like mandated to like the voting process otherwise you're fined yeah, but I don't know. It just encourages lazy people to actually get up and vote. That's all it does. But could you equally argue that it encourages misinformed people to vote? Yeah, but I don't think, like, I think 10% of people who vote are actually informed anyway. That's very true, too. But yeah, like, I, um, you know, if you're that fundamentally opposed to voting, you don't have to. It's only like a $50 fine. Mm-hmm. Like, it just... It's just an ex- a way of getting people like to go, oh, shit, I actually got to go vote. You could also, you can spoil your vote as well if you want that, I would imagine. Yeah, I guess. Sure. So, if you, if you I, are that fundamentally opposed to voting, which, why? You could, in fact, just spoil your vote. I've never spoiled a vote. I've never been that guy. 
mm. right at the can't SpongeBob. If you were to vote a spoiler vote, Liam, who would you write at the bottom of the ballot? Kenny Omega. Yes. <laughs> I don't think we do write-ins. Uh, neither do I. But they, you know, you can just put a line through the entire thing and write Kenny Omega on it. There you go. You voted. Uh, I never even thought about that. I just, I, I just assumed they'd be like, "Hey, that doesn't count." Well, it's a secret. I see it's a secret ballot. I see we don't put your name on it. Oh, I suppose you have to, don't yeah, you? If you, if yeah, the, we, you have to find we out. We do have our names on it. Yeah, that's weird to think that because otherwise, how do they know that you did in fact vote? That's strange. Yeah. Retribution. The government's going to show up if the next go- you didn't vote for us. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. Seventy-five percent of this country can vote for one person, then we lose anyway. So it's. That seems democratic. God damn you, Queensland! <laughs> it was such like it was pretty funny watching the Australian election where it's like every state in Australia was like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna vote for um, Labor." And Queensland's like, "Nah, <laughs> sorry, sabotaging you as a nation." It yes. <laughs> uh, hey, it really worked out when we were all on fire. Anyway. Hey, oh God, the fires were this year. Oh, good God. <laughs> Remember that? Remember when your entire yes. country was burning? Yes, I do remember know? when half of my country was on fire. That that feels like 15 years ago. That was in the lifetime of this podcast. I do remember when koalas basically went extinct. Yes. That's uh, quite sad. Thank you, the New South Wales government. <sighs> we're getting political. Yeah, we're, we getting political. we're getting political. <laughs> I like the way we both immediately went to the thought. It's like, oh, we're so political today. It's a very political week. Yeah, to be... Yeah. Uh, to be fair, if there were a time to do it. I think it's really funny how, like, as you grow up, like, politics just become more interesting to you. <laughs> like, as a kid, you're just like, eh, and you start listening to it, you're like, oh, wait, this stuff actually matters. Well, like, it's less relevant to you as a child, well, unless you're, like, a child in poverty, but even then it's probably, you don't understand why you're a child in poverty, so you don't understand that that might be a direct circumstance of uh, some government policy. So, like, mm. kids don't really know what's happening in the world, and then you realise, wait a minute, is this thing that's affecting me a choice of my government and I don't mm. like it? I do often wonder, like, um, did I... Was, was every was government always, like, this bad and tumultuous and I just didn't know because I wasn't paying attention? Or is it just now... Or has it always been, like, this awful? Well, no, the, the, undeniably, the world has destabilized in the last particularly five years. But I wonder what kind of event could have caused that... Uh, Facebook. What kind of world-changing <laughs> choice could have influenced such a downturn? You see, like, but the, that world-changing choice is, I think, a symptom, not a cause. I legitimately think it's just all Facebook's fault. Oh, it's, uh, there's definitely something to be said about, you know, everyone getting a voice. Which... No, no one deserves a voice. Like, like we, oh god, I've been listening to Irish media this week, and they've made a right balls of themselves because they're inviting, like, because the way the media works traditionally is in the interest of fairness, in the interest of balance. It's like one side from the right, one side to the left argue. But the people they invite from the right have no right to be on our radio, no right to be on Irish public broadcasting, and yet we put them there because uh, we have a bias toward fairness. And people are like, "Oh, it's a bias. How can you have a bias toward fairness? There is not two sides to every story. There are objective wrongs and objective rights, and that 
we should not give everybody a platform. We should, and especially, we do not need to put dumbass Trump supporters on our radio, which we have done far too often this week. In the interest of getting at the heart of the story or whatever, we give people with dumbass views a platform, and that's how this spreads. This that's how it happened in America. That increasingly, we just gave, pla gave platforms to people who should not have them and presented their stance, their position as something that is reasonable and something that is acceptable, and we allowed it to just poison the well. Redu reduce truth and fact and reality to something that is just uh can be dismissed we choose the facts we want to believe we throw everything else out the window no it's what we do is we we inherently put the truth on the back pedal mm -hmm. we have to constantly defend the truth against lies instead of the other way around and it's very weird and the, the way the internet has been built as a, a sharing structure a lie will always spread much 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 faster than the correction of that lie so like by the time the lie has spread halfway around the world the truth puts his shoes on there's a quote about that by someone or other uh but yeah but <laughs> very eloquently put by me uh but like yeah that's that's the way the world is you know you can make some shit up and it spreads like wildfire on facebook and then somebody will say it's not true and the people who said it not it's not true have been consistently undermined by public officials who have done so specifically for this cause so that the only people they believe are them and their carny hustling lying ways and that's that's the way our society crumbles because we it's we no longer have a shared set of facts in any regard we no longer have a shared truth and, and uh, everything that's not within that it just spreads all over the place and people believe QAnon and people believe all the dumb bullshit in the world and facts go out the window on our society and democracy crumbles fun times mm. just scrap it all i reckon yeah we should go back to just living in caves and scrounging off the land and fending for mm. ourselves <laughs> uh we should go back to like having swords and shit oh i want tunics can we bring back tunics i watch everything that has tunics in it i'm like tunics are cool mm. we should like revert to medieval times i think that'd be fun for a bit they had tunics they had capes they had all these cool things what look at our modern fashion we're like whoa we're gonna wear some mm. shirts and some pants i want to be i want to be in the thieves guild mm. i think that'd be cool that, and, and you have the the face shawl which makes you covid protected at the moment so it's it's practical mm. when you think about it there we go Look at us. We should go back to having, like, monarchs. <laughs> then we can't get mad at politics. <laughs> it's just do you ever life. Do you ever think about how, like, monarchs still exist in, like, 2020 and it's kind of weird? Um, yes, constantly. I, I, I hate it. Oh, yeah, you're part of the Commonwealth. You are, you are ruled. You are ruled by the Queen yeah, as part I, of the Commonwealth. Yeah, I despise it. I despise that, especially in Australia, <laughs> so much. Every so often there's, like, a thing that, like, should Ireland join the Commonwealth? And we're like, No. <laughs> We've had enough of this, thank you very much. <laughs> we have this that same discussion every like year. It's like, should we leave the Commonwealth? It's like, yes. <laughs> but like, just thinking about like, you know, you think of kings and queens, and you think of like medieval times, and, and like famous families, and people killing each other, and full Game of Thrones shit. And then you think of it like in the modern context, where they're just like basically Instagram influencers, but. <laughs> scrounging off the stakes <laughs> but they're diplomats that's all they are now <laughs> it's funny because like we do have like we have a president who basically his function is very he doesn't have much of like a, a practical function within our democracy he's basically uh as you said he's basically a diplomat so but we elect our our fake king <laughs> michael d higgins what a man we, we elect our woke king <laughs> we're not subject to the queen and her whims 
Do you ever find that it's got to be real weird? Like when the queen dies and you hear the first like sports event after she's died. And like, it's going to be very funny listening to the national anthem where people are like, God save our gracious queen. A king, Ugh. king, king. We mean queen, <laughs> king. It's going to be very ah, funny. Shit, we're so used to it. <clears throat> to hear that in real time. And it will happen. And it will be quite funny. And there'll probably be British people who'll get mad about it when people do it. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it's like, I'm shitting on it. But then I'm also like, I was really hyped about us getting a possible royal commission. So maybe I, I got to be pro. Um, uh, monarch for a bit. You love the royalty. Uh, I, I I love the royalty while there's a commission into the Murdoch media. Big fan of Liz. Big Liz. Actually, you know what? I support Liz because we get a free day off for her birthday every year. So. Oh well, good for her. We don't get actually. We just get public holidays. We just take days off. Oh, does that change when it's the king? Do we get the king's birthday off? I would imagine so. That's way worse. The queen's birthday is so much cooler. Well, it'll be a different day as well. God, Australia loves having days off. Who it's our favourite thing in the world. Like, like, we have just public holidays that, like, they're not even celebrating anything. We just get, like, four Mondays off a year just for the lols. Is, is bank holidays a thing in Ireland? Yeah, they're bank holidays. Where it's just, like, it's a... It's a we don't get them. They're not actually call, called bank holidays anymore here, but everyone calls them a bank holiday. But technically, they're just public holidays. But it is legitimately just, like, we're taking a few days off, uh, having long weekends mm. every year for... Uh, it's the we get, first Monday of certain um, months. The Melbourne Cup off. Ooh. <laughs> Which is just, you know, riding horses around a track until they die. Who doesn't love riding horses around tracks till they die? Horses, I'd imagine. <laughs> I don't think they're fans of it at all. <laughs> but, like, that's still like, always the funniest one to me. Is like, you know what day we need to get off? The horse day. Of course. The ho- <laughs> Even if the horse racing is on a Saturday, we're like, whoa, 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 we need that Friday off. Yeah, we do the same with Patrick's Day. Patrick's Day is a national holiday here, and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Listen, we're not getting... We're pushing this to the Friday or the Monday. It's not getting sane here. We've had days where it's like, it's been on a Tuesday, and we're like, well, you know, we can't go to work one day. (laughs) Makes perfect sense. That's up. Like, if it's on a Tuesday, there's a good chance it'll be a four-day weekend. Uh, and then, you know, a horse will die in the main race like it did this year. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Like, horse racing is so, like, bananas to me. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, it's just like, it's just pretentious, like, matador shit. The thing about horse racing that always baffles me is like, you know, most sports would exist without gambling. You know, because it has, mm. like, a- an audience that watches it for, like, the sake of the the sport. And I think, like, if you took gambling out of horse racing... Nobody would watch horse racing. Like, there's, like, purists who are like, oh, that's a fine horse right there. But for the most part, it's people gambling on the horse. And if you took that, it's, like, it's amazing that gambling on this sport is the sole reason this sport really exists in the first place. Mm. Very strange. Same with, like, greyhound racing, too. Yeah. Again, only exists to be bet on. Which is very weird. And I used to work in horse racing gambling. So, uh, I used to pay out races and stuff. So there you go. Garrett's gonna give all the scoops for the for the horse I racing. I know now. nothing about horse racing. That's the thing. I'm just the guy that's like, this horse won, this horse finished second, this horse finished third. Here's your money, people who bet on them, because that's a manual process. Shock. Well, it was in the place I worked for that moment. I know. My um grandfather used to raise horses mm-hmm. for harness racing, which is a little less barbaric. <laughs> Oh, look at you. The, the one you're associated with is the better kind of horse racing. Yeah. 
typical abdication of responsibility. <laughs> but also the thing is, I feel like when it's done on a local level, things are a lot more... I don't know, there's more care put into it. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's not millionaires doing it. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, like a millionaire, if a horse dies, I guess, like, they're like, they're like you know, they slap the knee and they're like, oh, there's an investment gone. And they're like, get me another. But yeah, exactly, but for, like, these local people, they, they take a lot more care in it, I feel, because they're like, oh, this is the only thing I have. <laughs> I live and die by this horse. Literally. <laughs> Basically. Literally, probably, in some cases. But, um, I was about to say, like, uh... I remember, like, this is just, like, um, you know, early 2000s Australia for you. I remember, like, um, my uh, grandfather used to have, like, a, a, some sort of a contraption where he could um, have the horses hooked up to, like, train them, right? Mm-hmm. And would take them around the track a few times. But it was basically, like, this giant metal construct. And I re- have distinct memories of, like, being eight and, like, as he's, like, r- driving around the thing, like, training them, me just climbing on it. <laughs> and, like, if I fall off of that thing, not only am I falling off something at, like, 15 k's an hour, <laughs> I'm also getting trampled by two horses. <laughs> that does feel deeply unsafe. <laughs> it was, like, a, it was, imagine, like, a jungle gym on wheels. What? No, why? No. <laughs> How are you alive? Ah. Trust me, I, I've fallen into the motors of um, houseboats. How did you fall been, into the motor of a houseboat? I've been hit by a car and just went boop and got up. I had a ceramic jug fall on my skull at the age of like three. Well, that makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Mm. I, I remember like <laughs> being like, I, I was definitely concussed. I distinctly remember that. It fell off my fridge as I opened my fridge and landed directly on my head. But, like, I didn't fall or anything. I just kind of stood there and was in shock. <laughs> and to think the only injury I knew was your dodgy knee from your backyard days. <laughs> you know, I gotta do what you gotta do. To be fair, that was only because it rained. Ah, uh, why did you freaking still do it while it was raining? <sighs> Had confidence of a, of a 16-year-old boy, what can I say? Oh. But, yeah, I fell into the motor of a houseboat. <laughs> that was my funniest one, I think. How? Um, we were on a houseboat. This is why you should never get on boats. Don't trust the water. The water is your enemy. Somebody was working on the motor. Mm-hmm. And they, so they had the front of it open. And I was a, I was running around the, the deck. I think I was chasing a frog or something. And <laughs> I just kept, I kept running. And the glare from the sun was over the open patch. <laughs> so I just kept running as if it was like there was floor there. And went straight down into it. And... There was basically, like, a, a one-foot-by-one-foot space there that was in between a pile of bricks and the motor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I fell into that one-by-one space. But not the motor. And landed on my feet. <laughs> well, good balance. It's a good thing you didn't have your dodgy knee then. You would have been screwed. <laughs> exactly. And, like, everyone was really freaking out. But, like, I was just kind of like, how can I get something out of this? And at that point in the day, I think my Game Boy Advance had been confiscated because I wasn't—I was on a boat. So I was like, "Can I get it back?" I am so traumatized by this houseboat, but I yes. need my Game Boy. Yes, my because my mum was freaking out. Understandably, you know, she almost saw her child die, get ripped to shreds in a really brutal, violent way. And she's like, "Yes, have it." And then I played Pokemon Gold, and she was good. Oh, who's your favorite starter, though? Um, I'll, see, I think Gen Two has got the best 
bunch of them. I think the Giant 2 is the best Pokemon, full stop. But yes. Yes. But like, I mean, like, just starter wise, I think like all of them are like. They're great. Great. They're the best. All and of like, them I think my, my mind switches from which one I like the most depending on the day. Mm-hmm. Who do you say right now at this moment when I ask you? I'm feeling Totodile right now, mm. but I think Bayleaf is the best of all. It's nine. <laughs> Chikorita is my favorite Pokemon, so there you go. I, I know that. Followed by, of course, Delibird. This is my second favorite Pokemon. Delibird rules! Mm. Delibird should get more love. This is my order, alright? Uh-huh. Cyndaquil, best uh, base Pokemon. Bayleaf, best second uh, Pokemon. And Feraligatr, best final evolution. I'll allow it. Mm. Even though you just said Totodile. So 26 minutes Pokemon. into this wrestling podcast, should we talk about wrestling? Uh, nah. <laughs> Alright, so what's your favorite Gen 3 Pokemon? Uh, Gen 3, I'd have to think about it. I don't love Gen 3. Too much water, obviously. You know, <laughs> good meme. For some reason, Skarmory came to my head, but that's Gen 2. Uh, yeah, because you catch Skarmory in that area after uh, Verdant of Town, isn't it? Is it Verdant mm. of Town? I think it's Verdant of Town. It's the one where it's all the ashes on the yeah, ground. Yeah, on the root down. I think that's my... F- uh, uh, Gen 3 is one of my favourites because that's one of the ones I had the most nostalgia for. Mm. I remember when my parents were both competing for my love. My dad's big one-up one year was he bought me Pokemon Emerald and I have a very distinct memory of going and picking it up. And where you're like, yes, you have my love now? Uh, for that day, yeah. Uh, I think it might be Ludicolo. I love Ludicolo. Ludicolo is a... Banger Pokemon. I just used that in a Sword and Shield playthrough. And Ludicolo in the Detective Pikachu movie is hilarious. It's also terrifying. It's very terrifying. It's the best. Alright, boom. Gen 4. Favorite Pokemon. Let's go. Uh, Lucario. I'm very basic. I really like Gen 4. Gen 4 might be my favorite Pokemon. You, they're probably going to remake it next year, so... <laughs> I'm very excited. Gosh, Gen 4. I, I, I'm a big fan of the, the Garchomp family. Mm-hmm. But I also like uh, Cranidos. Cranidos is an interesting choice. I just think it's a cool-looking Pokemon. I'm also very partial to Steel and Rock types. Why? Like, my fa- two of my favorite Pokemon ever are Onyx and Rhyhorn. Rhyhorn is my favorite Pokemon. Do you play just uh, Let's Go Pikachu slash Eevee and just ride them all the time? Yes. Very much so. <laughs> okay, what's your, what's your favorite <laughs> uh, Gen 4 uh, third evolution that they added? I don't like most of them. Really? I I'm a, I like I think Electivire is one of the coolest looking Pokemon in the game. I kind of like Magmortar. I like Magmortar too a lot. I like um I actually like Tangrowth. No. No. I think Licky Licky's stupid, but I like Tangrowth. I also I don't like Magnezone at all either. You forget Magnezone is even yeah. a Pokemon. Probopass is kind of shitty. Uh Rhydon is much cooler than Rhyperior. So that's a downgrade. Yeah, but I I I like having Rhyperior as an option. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I I'm just as likely to keep Rhydon, but I like having the option to go to a third stage if I want to. You know what? Um, Pokemon Revolution was actually a really good game. I didn't play it. You didn't? No. That's a good game. I recommend going... It's basically just the battle aspects of the stadium games. Hmm. I never played any of the stadium games either. I never had a GameCube. Really? No. I, had, I have some pretty distinct memories of... Um, do you have RSLs in Ireland? RSLs? Yeah. No? I forget what they stand for, but they're basically like pubs mixed with restaurants mixed with gambling. We probably have them under an unofficial name. Yeah. But like, it's it's like, you know, it's a lot of pub food, but there's also slot machines and there's function centers and there's 
like uh, tabs and you know what I mean, like all that kind of stuff. So it's like what we would consider like a modern barcade. Uh, with gambling well, b- yeah but, but back there's no video games per se okay um i was just but there is like a kids room right like because you know the parents might want to go to the bar section or whatever so they can just pawn their kids off <laughs> yeah, get the, drunk while they go play pinball or something yeah but i have like some very distinct memories of um going to one for like while my you know while my grandparents or whatever were hanging out with my parents or they were at some sort of birthday function or whatever, but being in the kids' room and they had Pokemon Stadium in there. Mm. And I have some very, like, uh, fun, nostalgic memories of just playing uh, the mini games in Pokemon Stadium with random kids. Yeah. I should have. I'd like, well, we did have a GameCube in the house at one stage, but I never played it. And then my brother sold it. So I never played any of the Pokemon Stadium or Coliseum games or any did of that you fun stuff. Did the um, XD? No. God, you need to go back and play that. I really do. It's a big whole... Like, you should definitely play the two ones that have the story. Um, Legacy of Darkness? Mm. Is that what it's called? And what's the other one? No, it's Gale of Darkness, isn't it? Gale, yeah, Gale of Darkness. What's the other one? Uh, I don't know. Because the, the, there's the two of them that have like the big story while you play. There's XD and there's Colosseum. Is it Colosseum? No, Colosseum is the one we just talked Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Colosseum and Gale of Darkness. Hmm. Gale of Darkness is, like, actually, like, really good. <laughs> and people do rave about it. People are like, remake it, Nintendo, or Game Freak, probably. But no, Game Freak are like, no, we'll remake the freaking Mystery Dungeon games instead. To be fair, I like the Mystery Dungeon games. They probably will get around to doing Gale of Darkness eventually. Well, they brought back Pokemon Snap, but they did uh, Mystery Dungeons, so they probably will. They remake everything. Pokemon are like, yeah, we'll give it back to you, sure, why not? So we're 32 minutes into this wrestling podcast. <laughs> Every week, we review AEW Dynamite WWE NXT. <laughs> Uh, we will do it this week as well, I guess. AW opened with a Jericho and MJF interview where they were mad at each other. Yeah. I don't have much interesting to say about these shows, honestly. Actually, no, I, I, I have things to bury on NXT because things about NXT deeply annoyed me. AEW, I'm lower on this. I thought I think people thought this was a great go-home show and I'm thought, I thought it was pretty good, but I wouldn't be like, whoa. And I'm probably the lower man on the segment everybody likes, so we'll get into that. Well, I say lower man, so I don't like it. I just didn't think it was this blow-away segment. I thought their promos in recent weeks were better. But we'll talk about that when we get to it. Opening match, uh, Ortiz and Sammy Guevara lost to MJF and Wardlow in a match that I thought was a really good match, but bafflingly booked when it comes to Sammy Guevara. Mm. Because Sammy was far and away like the star of this match. He tore it up. He was great. He looked awesome. Full baby face. That's shooting star to the outside. He's just doing flips. He's throwing himself everywhere. He's great. And then Matt Hardy... She hits him with a chair, and like so, I just watched this match in which this dude wrestled as a complete babyface, and then someone screwed him out of it. It's like, how? What am I supposed to feel here? Well, the thing, the problem is too, he's a heel in the Man Hardy feud, but he's a face in the MJF feud. Yeah. So there's like a weird disconnect there, where he's trying to do this one thing while telling another story at the same time. And, like, the strange thing about that is, like, no one was like, oh, we need to go back and blow off that Matt Hardy feud, you know? When they went back to it, it's like, oh, they're going back to it? All right. It's not like it's a thing that had to be uh, went back to, but now that they did, you're right. They've created that weird thing where he's in two feuds with two different people, one of which he's a babyface, one of which he's a heel. And that would probably work if you kept them apart, you know, if he did his babyface yeah. thing here and if he attacked Matt later in the show, even though he probably wouldn't really have a reason. For, he, he doesn't need a reason to attack Matt. He's a heel. 
Yeah, like, he's literally been attacking Matt at every opportunity regardless. So, yeah, if you just left them do the babyface thing here. But, yeah, it's just very strange otherwise. He, like, he wrestled as, as as big a babyface as he could wrestle in this match. Like, like the thing is, like, um, inadvertently now Matt Hardy has helped MJF win a match. Yeah, it's, 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 it's strange. I don't really get it. And they did a disguise again because they fucking love it. They just cannot help themselves. Every week there so must Pentagos be a got his job just based on the fact that people can use his mask to attack each other. Do you think he's like, guys, stop it. <laughs> Leave my mask alone. I think he's alone. just happy to have a job. I would also be happy to have a job, especially these days. Isn't he like for real signed now? Uh, I believe so. Yes, uh, Chaos Project is, is is here to stay. Dark staples. After the match, uh, MJF did the Orange Cassidy tackle on Jericho from a few weeks ago. Very original. You know what? I was really happy when this happened because I was like, oh, that's how they get Jericho off commentary for <laughs> nope. the rest of the show. <laughs> you have to suffer him for the entire show. It's like, I don't mind Jericho on commentary in small doses. But when it's a whole show, and also Jim Ross is doing his best Jim Ross impression on, impression on the same night, it's just a lot. It's too much to listen to. And they, they, they did. There was like, a point where I was like, I wish I could turn commentary off. They should give the, all wrestling shows should give a no commentary option. Let's be real. I like wrestling more with no commentary. I like hearing the crowd. There was one time uh, back in 2018, and actually recently we accidentally did it again. I won't edit this out. That we accidentally aired commentary-free versions on Twitch of Impact. And people were like, what the hell? It's like, whoops. And it's like, you're welcome. Because <laughs> like for editing purposes, sometimes you got to remove the audio track because sometimes it just doesn't make sense in like clips or YouTube videos. So they're like, mm. and that's the version that accidentally went on Twitch. And that's the version that accidentally, uh, yeah, the, twice. <laughs> we did it again this year. People were very confused. That rules. It's good fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I liked the, I liked the match. I thought it was a really good match. I like, well, it's Wardlow. It was Wardlow. Wardlow's such a star. He should like, he should just win everything. Come on. I like how, like, you know, it's only eight months later, but everyone else is on the Wardlow train now, baby. And it's, like, full-on unironic now, too. Where it's like, yes, Hey, first of all, it was never ironic. Mm. My love was always genuine. I don't know. He was in the the Mel territory for a while. Let's not be... He was only in the Mel territory because his name was Wardlow. That's true. The minute that man walked out and this is war hit... I was all in, baby. <laughs> AEW should be all out on... There. No, there's nothing... Again, there's nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't interview Kenny Omega. <laughs> Kenny Omega in his uncle's house. <laughs> yes, he's he's relocated to Jacksonville because he's taking this match against Hangman Page very seriously. I like how that implies every other match he hasn't taken seriously. <laughs> yeah, which is maybe why he lost the tag titles. If he moved to Jacksonville and trained, he might have kept the tag titles. It is, it's good to see Kenny presented, like, a big deal again. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I always thought, like, it wasn't going to be that hard for them to do it. You know what I mean? When they when they wanted to, like, heat Kenny up again, it wasn't going to take a lot to do. But seeing, like, going back, because I've been watching some earlier Dynamites just to see, like, how it, you know, how it felt back then. And Kenny, like, legitimately felt, it was like Mox, Jericho, Kenny. That was, like, that was the three. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Kenny kind of dipped for a bit. And now he's back. And I like that he's back. I don't know. Even, like, when you go back to, like, the Pac match in February. It's like, like, watch Kenny Omega make his entrance. And those people think he's God. It's not like, yeah. it's not like it's he was Pac never over. It's the Pac match and the tag. It's just, it's, I guess it's the COVID era that really dampened me a little bit. His matches against Trent and Sammy really dragged it. It's the Allen Angels match, Liam. It killed Kenny Omega forever. <laughs> it killed him. 
Yeah, I'm a big fan of Five. <laughs> Got Five a job, but killed Kenny Omega. It's a good BT bit. Miro! Is that everyone... <laughs> no, I'm talking about BT. <laughs> is that everyone in the Dark Order just hates Five. <laughs> I thought everyone in the Dark Order hated John Silver. No, they, they, they think he's a dumb idiot kid. Uh-huh. But, but they, like... Anytime Five tries to speak, they basically bully him. That's not nice. Dark Order is Meanwhile, be nice to be. Ten, the best arms in the game. Press Ten Vance. My man, the gun show. Just a big supporter of guns and drugs. Can I move on to Miro now? I guess. <laughs> Miro beat Trent. I press 10 Vance. Good match. I thought Trent worked his ass off here. I thought Miro looked fine. I thought this was a pretty good match, actually. I thought it was a good... Like, if you watch this match, like, Trent is really working very, very hard. And Miro's okay. But Trent I, is It's great. funny. I did, I did think that this was, like, the best non-AJ Styles singles Miro match that I could think of. And it was, like... Three and a half. Yeah, it's, it's about it's about like a three. It's a it's a high three and a quarter, low three and a half star match. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I like I liked. I thought Miro looked good here, but like yeah, like you said, I don't know how much of it was just Trent working his fucking ass off for Miro. But yeah, they had a good match, and this is at least much better than arcade machines and whatnot. Yeah, I, I like this presentation of Miro at least. Mm. I do think him shouting "game over" is fucking lame, but. Oh, the, the entire gamer. Just drop it. Just drop it. The, the thing that will annoy me is that when they drop it, people will be go like, oh, AEW, this was their plan all along. And we'll give them this like weird credit. It's like they did the same thing every time they hire someone in the women's division. It's like, this was their master plan all along. Their master plan apparently was to present women very badly and then get bullied into signing people. <laughs> That's their master plan. Good job. Uh, and people will do it again with Miro. It's like, oh, don't question AEW. Their master plan when they just decide to flip a switch and Miro kills people and he's a badass. It's like, no, this is shit. Just do good things. Uh, to be fair, I wasn't as low on the whole Miro gamer stuff as other people. I just, you know, I was like, whatever, Miro. It's a an ex- a way of getting him on television, I suppose. That's true. That's I guess by by that incredibly low bar. That is true. I have a low. I have a low bar. Uh, Jr. interviewed Hangman Page. Yeah, I think like, I don't know. These are these are the points where I think Jr. is actually good. <laughs> yeah, this is everyone's always been saying this. This should be what he does in this show. Get him out of the desk. Also, I feel like it would be. Better if, like, this is the only time we saw JR was when he came in to do these kind of things. Also, like, I understand why Jim Ross was made a commentator toward the start of this show. Because, like, yeah. they I didn't... everyone knows. It's the same reason they did it at Wrestle Kingdom and it was made sense. But, like, we're a year in. This company's established. He doesn't need to be at that desk every week anymore. He's done his job. Yeah. Let him... Let good commentators do it instead. <laughs> I don't mind him, like... You know, have this role, even have him backstage helping out with shit. Or bring him in for, for commentary for big title matches to add gravitas. Mm. <laughs> so literally what we've been saying from the beginning. Yes, do what we've been saying from the beginning. We're never wrong. Do it. <laughs> I like um, Jim Ross here like saying that Hangman is like scared. <laughs> He's nervous. I think, you know what's funny? They've done a really good job of presenting Hangman as like... He is really a character for this generation. You know, he's he's not the rah-rah kind of babyface. He's like a babyface that is showing emotion, that is showing weakness, that is, you know, he, 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 he has emotion. You know what I mean? He's not just this, like, ah, I'm doing it for the people. He's like, yeah, you know what? My friends betrayed me. That shit really sucks. 
Um, I don't, you know, I, I, I thought I was going to beat Jericho and then I didn't and it rocked, wrecked my confidence, but you know, I'm going to try my best anyway. And I think it's just, it's kind of the perfect 2020 babyface depiction. He is the anxiety riddled mess of a hero that we all need right now. Yeah. And I, I just, it's not, I don't think that's ever something you'd see in Vince McMahon's WWE. No, no, because baby faces lose and then they brush it off. Nothing matters. Everything's great. Baby yeah, faces because are... they have to be these bigger-than-life superheroes mm-hmm. who don't feel any actual emotion other than rage. And, and kissing babies, slapping hands. Yeah. I, I, I just I appreciate, uh, a, a, you know, eventually a top baby face, I imagine, that, um, you know has more on the emotional spectrum than just those two feelings. Just grrr and yay! I think that's why it got over with the crowd so much. I just think it's a, a, a relatable character trait to have. And as you said, very fitting for our current anxiety riddle mess of a world. <laughs> yeah. I just... Hangman Page. Some, someone that I was right about from the beginning. <laughs> Go me. <laughs> that's the moral of the story. Yeah, the moral of the story is... I can see stars from a mile away. Taz cut a promo about how he's mad that his pals don't have a pay-per-view match. I really like this Taz promo. I'm sick of the Vince McMahon stuff, but yeah, that is a good promo. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ricky Starks is really good. Sure. He cut a very good promo on this. I just I, I like the the act of all three together. I hope they do actually do something. I'm fine with them for one pay-per-view making a gimmick out of the fact that they're doing nothing in the build-up to this I think they're just gonna beat Darby up <laughs> they probably are but and then Will Hobbs will make the save and then they'll set up a tag on Dynamite or some shit I really do hope that they do in fact start doing something with these two guys instead of like weirdly hovering around the midcard never actually you know they're waiting for AW Lightning baby <laughs> oh god Cody talked about that again today but yeah well, uh, what do you say oh just that it's coming but they can't talk about it but they've been saying that for six months Mm. <laughs> it's funny, I, I had this discussion with you the other day, but it's like, AEW's legitimately got a roster the size that could do a brand split now, and that's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably even, they could do a brand split and you'd still be like, yeah, there's a little excess here. Yeah. That's just, uh, like, I don't think that's something that you necessarily should really do one year into your promotion or anything, but I just think, I just, you know, it's the fact that, the, that that option could be there for the future, I'm not opposed to. I do like a brand split. As, as is well documented, I am a fan of a brand split. If it's made to actually mean something. If it, if you do a brand split and then a week later, uh, or sorry, a month later have a pay-per-view where they all fight each other, that might be kind of stupid. But if you do it right, I think a, a brand split can be very cool. There is truly nothing you like more in life than drafting. Drafting is my life. Which is make which is what makes it even more hurtful that I haven't been invited on any Omakase draft. Calling John out. Wow. We we forced John, if they do listen to this show, we forced them to listen to like thirty-six minutes of non-wrestling talk. Not even that, like fifteen minutes of political discussion. <laughs> which I'm sure is exactly what they're interested in right now. Well, and that's followed by fifteen minutes of Pokemon, so. That is a uh, weeb shit, which does again appeal to them. I don't know if John is a Pokemon person though. But it's Japanese; they have to be. Hmm. We'll bring this up in the Slack. Yeah. John, John, you a Pokemon person? Huh? Japan? I like the way we're just stereotyping John. It's like John, Japan. <laughs> Japan? Japan. Let's reduce everybody down to a single characteristic. You, you like Japan, right? 
<laughs> oh, the Young Bucks defeat a private party. Matt Hardy jumped, uh, or no, other way around, Sammy jumped Matt Hardy before the match. Young Bucks won, decent match, probably too long. Yeah, I, I thought this was long and I kind of got bored by it. That's the story. There's rumblings that Matt Jackson is legit hurt. So he's either doing the Tanahashi work or he's leaking that he's actually hurt so people will buy his ankle selling it. That depends. Did Meltzer report that he was hurt? <laughs> or... But um, if he is actually hurt, just take time off and do the Nick Jackson put. Also, that makes it stupider that they went into this match because you could have gotten out of it with freaking Matt being hurt. Well, that's probably going to be the story, is that, like, FTR beat them pretty decisively. And take out Matt, and then Nick does singles and that also Yeah, and that also means, you know, Bucks can't challenge for the tag belts. I think this is all leading to a Nick singles push anyway. Mm-hmm. It just, I, I feel that in my soul that this is where this is going. Mm-hmm. Because they also, um, you don't know this as you don't watch BTE, but nah. they, they did tease it. BTE. On BTE. Sure. Like, um, <laughs> there's... <laughs> Okay, so you see, <laughs> let me explain this BT a bit. Aww. Uh, Tony Schiavone. Eric, tune's out. It involves Tony. <laughs> I like the way you're like, hey, 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 Tony's there. You like Tony, don't yeah. you, Tony? <laughs> Tony Schiavone. Um, that's the, um, just a uh, tangent r- real quick. I have a friend that I'm trying to get to watch Dragon Gate, and my big selling point was Ho Ho Lun's on commentary. Ah. You like Ho Ho Lun? <laughs> he has very good hair. It's true. But to be fair, Dragon Gate, good hair? Huh. Anyway, back to the thing. <laughs> Tony Schiavone has given Matt a phone that can tell the future. <laughs> okay. Uh, after Matt broke his phone on Dynamite, as you may remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of one of the things he saw in the future was Nick with the TNT title. <laughs> Whoa, foreshadowing. And also, Nick has been like making the joke every week, basically, that <laughs> Merch Freak singles push. Sure. So, you know, give Nick that singles push. Uh, I, I'm very curious to see how it is. He, he did have one of the best singles matches in the first year of AEW, so... It was, I believe, my official AEW Year 1 match of the year. Actually, no, my official Wednesday War Games Year 1 match of the year, wasn't it? Wow. So, here you High go. praise. Moxley and Kingston had their face-off in the ring, which I people raved about this, and it was good. But, like, I didn't I think really it was, like, world-beatingly good. I thought it was just a good face-off. I thought their promos in recent weeks were better. But I'm clearly a curmudgeon. I... I yeah... <laughs> I really like because I've liked everything they've done. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think it's been a single Mox uh, Kingston segment that I haven't liked. Like even the stuff that you were low, even the match which you were lower on, I really liked. So mm-hmm. I obviously love this. I think it's just seeing wrestling with emotion. <laughs> it does help. You know, it, it, we're, we're so far into like everything in wrestling is a meme. Everything is a fucking musical or someone crying about a tank. Or zombies. It's just nice to see real emotion in a build to a wrestling match. Because I think there's a place for wacky shit. It's just when 80% of televised wrestling is wacky shit now. To have someone just go, I made a prop. I made a... Oh, I almost did it. (laughs) So close. We're so close. Uh, I I did work on it. I'm getting there. It's getting there. But it's, it's still very much like... Dragon Gate mocks. I can't get out of that. But, um, yeah, you know, he's, like, talking about Kingston's mom and stuff. And it's just, it's good to have some real emotion in pro wrestling. Which, you know what? Who would have thunk that that's what Eddie Kingston would bring <laughs> to the table? As I believe I have said before, I have absolutely no problem at all with the comedy in wrestling. I draw the line at wrestling becoming comedy. 
Yeah, well, because most of the time it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, Comedy wrestling isn't inherently bad, but doing bad comedy in wrestling is bad. Yeah, maybe I was too busy doing a bit in the DMs about how they'd actually touch each other to actually enjoy the same <laughs> There was points where, like, I swear to God, they accidentally spat in each other's mouth. Yeah, because, well, the ruling of this thing was that if there was any physicality, the match would be off. They touched noses, they poked each other, they touched each other in the head. This match would be cancelled. AEW continuity is bad. Okay, but also, it's, like, the best build to any major wrestling match was, in the last I was too busy doing year. that bit to enjoy this. Clearly. <laughs> uh, it, is, it, is, it is the best build match, I think. Uh, maybe not, I think, like... The build to like Cody I, and the Jericho Bucks and was Hangman really good. Are Omega too. So yeah, there's a couple that I'd probably put ahead of it. That had I think, and it's probably because those ones took place in front of crowds and really can't compare. Yeah, but best of the COVID era, and it's the, by far it's easily the best match going into this pay per view. Yeah, this is a big pay per view. There's big matches on this, indeed. Especially after coming off of a pay per view where we were kind of like, ah, uh, it didn't feel like massive. And it's the lowest rated one on Cage Master. I recently learned when you sent me the list of pay-per-views. I was going to say, what the fuck? <laughs> you were meant to take credit for the thing I sent you? Yeah. I, just, I immediately told as uh, I immediately qualified it. I didn't even need to be prompted to qualify it. <laughs> you should have seen my facial reaction when you started doing that. <laughs> I'm a very generous podcast host, Liam. I would never take credit for your things. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah this feels like an actual big pay-per-view. I think it also, it's, it's going to help that they're going to have more people than they normally have in the building. I was quite annoyed, actually, though, when they mentioned that on the show. It's like, a thousand people will be there. Perfectly legal was what Jim Ross said. Well, there was a thousand people today <laughs> I was like, at the show on, on um, this week. I think there's, there's going to be even more at Full Gear. It's... It's not, but it, it is kind of the number of people. It's the way they're like, or like reflexively defending it. Then I'm like, Arr. yeah. If you feel like you have to immediately defend it, maybe you shouldn't be doing. It. If the thi- if you say we're doing this thing and you're like legitimate, immediate next words, it's legal. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, probably in an ethically dicey space there, but anyway. But I I did think it was actually quite noticeable. Uh, this week I thought the crowd you could definitely tell there was more people there. I did not click it either way, positively or negatively. So I'm not sure what that says. See, I I, no- I noticed it before they said it, and I think that's always a decent sign. Mm. I was like, wow, this actually sounds like there's a, a real crowd there. And then, like, I think immediately after I said that in my head, they were like, there's a thousand people here. There was a Butcher and a Blade jumped QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes. I missed this. Oh, they, they did a little video backstage. Challenge for a match. The best part of which was Ali cackling in the background as Butcher hit them with kendo sticks. It was very fun. That rules. Um, I would look forward to this match. I actually, like, you know, we're notorious. I don't know if you like them as much as I do, but I really like the Nightmare Family duo of Rhodes and Marshall. I am indifferent to them these days, I think. Mm. They haven't done anything of note in a while. But to be fair, they haven't been on Dynamite in a while. And QT is also less fun without fans. Yeah. Without people going nuts the, for his The fact that people have gone like, holy fuck, look what he can do. Yeah, it's like when people go nuts for his wacky sloppy shit, it's you skipped great. skipped over the park thing, by the way. Uh, did I? Oh, I did skip over Pac. Pac. Pac is there. Many Pacs were there. He's very angry. I think there was six Pac. <laughs> ah! Ah! That was good. Very well done. Who'd you steal that from? I didn't. I just thought of it then. Ah! Even better! Hey, oh, hey. I thought this was really good. I liked his little, um, line where he's like, this isn't the first time I've been in this. Um. The worst hell was 205 Live, brother. I think he's more referring to the time where he was not allowed to work anywhere. 
everyone knows 205 Live is worse than not working anywhere. Um, and, uh, oh yeah, I liked, there was the Kingston line spliced throughout it, so maybe that's where they go next, doing Kingston Park. Clearly King wins the belt, Park comes out and challenges him. Well, the thing is, like, I mean, maybe. The thing is, you got Park having a thing with Kingston, you have Archer having a thing with Kingston. What do you have with Moxley? Like, Omega? <laughs> Uh, well, I would imagine Omega's the match, right? Omega has to be the match. And, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to AEW doing some, like, big, wacky multi-man for the title on a pay-per-view, because they haven't done that yet. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if I'd want them to change the belt on it, just because it feels like those moments have been exclusively reserved for big singles matches. But I wouldn't mind if there was, like, a, a park... Kingston, Archer, Mox, Hangman, like, six-way match or some shit. You know what I wouldn't mind? Championship scramble, baby. Hangman beats Mox with the belt. And then Kenny fully turns heel out of jealousy. I still kind of think they're going to do a draw. And then go through a triple threat or do a rematch? Yeah. Well, if they do the... Like, they'll do something, but I, I think you got to... I think it's a 30-minute draw is where they go. Because, mm. the, like, they've been pushing the whole... Kenny, like, you know, I win every major tournament that I'm in. I've won the most prestigious tournament. Forbidden Door Wide Open. Um, Chris Bay, Super Jacob. Mm-hmm. The real Forbidden uh, Don Carlos on this show. <laughs> oh, yes, he was. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. The, all the doors are open. It's a hallway. Um, <laughs> it's an open house, baby. It's now the allowed hallway. Yeah. Um, and I, I think... They're trying... I just... Yeah, I think it's going to be a draw. I, in my head, it's just a draw. Then you have Hangman and Kenny, both as viable contenders. You have Archer in the wing already. You have King in the wing. You have Park. You'll have whatever's going to happen with... Unless they do, like, Phoenix and Park versus Kingston and Pentagon. Because they are doing Phoenix and Penta next week. Yeah, and I think Phoenix is turning face there, so... <clears throat> I don't know. It's just, oh, if there's one thing I'll give AEW some credit for. They have a decent lineup of top guys ready to face whoever the champion is. Mm. Where that is not the case, though, is in the women's division. There's neither role squash for the Red Velvet scene. Hey, that's a segue. That's a chance. That's some good shit right there. Uh, Vicky Guerrero then uh, cut a promo. It's, that's the build to the match. <laughs> Didn't Red Velvet just get signed? Yep, and she got killed. So there you go. I don't know. Like, it's Cody said something about how, like, not every match has this big dramatic build. It's like, but somehow it feels like every time a pay per view comes around, it's the women's match that doesn't have this big dramatic build. And it happens every time. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like not having the Tokyo Joshi girls has really hindered the women's division. Yeah. It's weird. Because, as I said, they were building Brit in a way that felt like they were building as a challenger and then she just hasn't been on TV for a couple weeks except in the freaking uh, town hall last week and then Nyla's mm. just suddenly the challenger and I'm like what? okay I, I might, my guess is like maybe they didn't want to have Brit lose and they're doing Brit at uh, Revolution I assume is still the name of the February pay-per-view yeah which... Maybe they're going to build up... Maybe they're actually going to build that match. But we're going to say this. They're, it's like, oh, they're going to save Brit so they can build the Brit and Sheeta, and they're going to do a two-week angle again in freaking February where they throw this match together. Uh, just you moment. wait. AEW Lightning. <laughs> the women's show. Uh... You know what would be really funny? Lightning put comes around, and they use it as an excuse just to never have women on Dynamite. <laughs> that would be a very AEW move. Like, Lightning has, like, two women's matches, but Dynamite never has any. 
That's how they save that one quarter hour where the women go on. Yeah, the death hour before the main event. And with shock of all shocks, the women were in this week again. Yeah, at least they have their spot now. <laughs> Next week, uh, we have Penta and Phoenix and Natural Nightmares against the Butcher and the Blade. Uh, but Sienna against Serena Deeb has been added to oh, the buy. Okay. Oh, sorry, yes, my, my impact bias is showing. And uh, that means Orange Cassidy against John Silver has been bumped to the main card. I'm weirdly really excited for John Silver, Orange Cassidy. <laughs> you and your love of John Silver. I think John Silver's awesome. And I think he's going to spin Orange Cassidy around a ton on his shoulders, and it's going to be cool. Um, and, you know, it's funny, like, I sent you that message of, like, hey, they should sign Alison K. And then the next day, they announced that she was competing for the NWA title. There you go. Main event. Cody and the Gun Club defeated the Dark Order. This was surprisingly not bad. Billy Gunn is, like, what is he? He's late 50s at this stage, isn't he? Probably. Like, I, I would not put him in the minority. He's 57. As of a couple days ago, I would not put him in like the Minoru Suzuki category of best wrestler over 50. I also wouldn't even put him in like the Chris Jericho one when Jericho turns 50 in like a week. But like he moves better than freaking Jericho. He moves remarkably well for a 57 year old man. Hmm. So do you think the original like main event match was going to be Sky and and uh, Spears? Because this feels like a weird match to main event with. Well, the uh, the Gun Club are in the Nightmare now, in the Nightmare family now, Liam. It's an official alliance, along with Lee Johnson. Uh, and Red Velvet, I think. That's a weird stable. It's such a weird stable now. <laughs> but, like, you know what's funny? Like, I, I, really, I really thought Lee Johnson was going to get a push out of joining the Nightmare family. Yeah. And then he just lost to Sammy Guevara on Dark. Don't worry about it. It's just... It's just don't worry about it. <laughs> That is a it's a very Wednesday War Games match though. He's he's the Yoshihashi of the Nightmare Family. Not One day he's gonna get a big win out of nowhere, and it's gonna brawl. He's gonna beat Cody. Cody's gonna be like, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to TNT title, and he's gonna beat him. <laughs> One and fifty <laughs> TNT champ. Then Cody cut a promo. Uh, before we get to, that, I just wanna give credit to Austin Gunn, who I thought did like remarkably well here. Because I have, like, zero standards for Austin Gunn. Yeah, I, I watched his Ring of Honor match, and he looked fine. And I thought he, he yeah. looked perfectly competent here. Yeah, and um, big shout-outs to the best arms in the biz. Press 10 Vance for getting his Dynamite main event. And this is the second time you've mentioned his arms. They're astounding. <laughs> Cody, promo, Darby. I've decided that Press 10 Vance is our next meme guy, so... <laughs> You're just going to make it work? Yeah. I'm just going to push through until it becomes a thing. Cody promo for the third time. Yes, I get it. Sting. Cody was like, you're telling people TNT don't want you as the face of the brand. And I'm like, he is? And then he's just sitting in the crowd. and No, he hit you with a car. I guess. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a TNT thing. He just hit you with a car. Uh, I don't get it. I don't know. <laughs> I wish that... Um... Brody was in this match. <laughs> or Orange, or any other of these matches that make more sense than this Darby one that they've rushed together. No, I mean, like, to. literally, I wish he was in this Darby-Cody match. Oh, make it a triple threat. I wish it was a three-way dance. Mm. <laughs> well, the, like, Brody has disappeared since he's lost. He hasn't been on the I show I think he got hurt in the, in the Cody match. Uh-huh. He said on the podcast that I think he got hurt. He could stand around and cut promos. Yeah, but I think that's, like, they don't want to have him on TV if he doesn't have a pay-per-view match. Uh, well, that's working out for well for the Taz team. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if they weren't here, it would be less noticeable. But they're on TV every week, <laughs> offering Will Hobbs a spot. Uh, yeah, that's dynamite. They're pretty yeah, good. I thought it was a, a decent show where the angles were better than the wrestling. Yeah, I'll allow it. <laughs> Thank you. 
You're welcome. NXT. Promotion passed. <laughs> NXT opened with Dakota Kai against Ember Moon. Uh, good match, I thought. Uh, Ember Moon did a su- some six suicide dives in this match. Like, she went for them. Yeah. I think this women's division has been incredibly helped by the addition of Ember Moon and Tony Storm. Because they have fresh matches for her. Like, because everybody had wrestled everybody. So it's just like, uh... That's, it's, not, it's also not just fresh matches, but names. And good wrestlers, also. So it's like the triple whammy. Mm. It's every, it's every it's everything that this uh, this division needed for like a shot in the arm. I think um, one of the more hilarious things that was said though during this was that uh, the NXT Women's Division is the best division of any division in the world. Yeah, get wrecked. <laughs> I, like, AEW I don't tag even think division. it's the best division in NXT. <laughs> get wrecked. New Japan Heavyweight Division. Naito's got nothing on Dakota Kai. Uh, you know, I'd be interested in a Naito Dakota. Dakota Kai would be a good LIJ member. I feel <laughs> she does have LIJ energy. Hmm. Like, like in the New Japan Women's Division, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Dakota Kai comes in, you know, she does the the, the fist thing. She does have good LIJ energy. Uh, she won the match with the go-to kick after uh, Raquel Gonzalez interfered. So that's considered a, an upset win, I would imagine, even though Kai has been a pushed entity on this show. I think it's just because... Well, she also got, like, the in-the-ring already entrance. <laughs> yeah, which doesn't help. Yeah, uh, Kai and Moon... It was a good match. I was actually... I was. I was very... It really does show, like, you know, this B uh, NXT women's division match with a, a, a fucked finish is, like, better than any Dynamite women's match... Ever? Not ever. ever. <laughs> Maybe not. Because the Rio Nyla... No, because there's the, those good um, uh, Rio Nyla matches, too. And the Sheeta Nyla match was very good. And then maybe after yeah. that... Oh, no, for Penelope Ford and Sheeta was probably better. And then after that... But, yeah, like, there's a... There's a... It, the NXT Women's Division does dwarf the Dynamite Women's Division. Hot take. Shocking take. How did you come to this? Yeah. Cameron Grimes is still traumatized after last week. We'll talk about this more in a second. Shotzi has a match <laughs> this week. She chose her po- opponent. It's going to be Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. She's welcomed her to the ball pit. Awoo. Awoo. Kushida and Cameron Grimes. Okay. Can I just say something before you go in and bury it? Yeah. I don't... I mean, because, you know, I didn't like the zombie shit on the actual day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I did like Grimes being terrified of the ref that looked like a zo- like the zombie ref. No. I just thought it was... I thought it was fun, but I also don't care enough to be mad at it. Now you may bury it. I will always accept spooky things on spooky days. If this was a spooky show, I would be like, spooky show, it's fine. Spooky show was last week. You didn't do night two of yeah, Halloween. It Havoc. wasn't even spooky. It wasn't spooky. He's just having a match. It was just Kushida. playing off of the spooky. No, nonetheless. You can... He wasn't an actual zombie. If he was still a zombie, I would agree. You can do him thinking people are zombies on spooky shows, Liam. You cannot do him thinking people are zombies in real shows. He just had PTSD. No. I don't know. I, if, he, if, he, if the ref came out in zombie makeup, I'd agree with you. No. No, it's worse that he didn't come out in zombie. Because he's just freaking out at nobody. It's just... No, he was freaking out because the dude reminded him of the zombie ref. Stupid. Grimes is a joke, though. This is your finish for your Kushida. And they did a fucking ref bump as well. A ref bump to lead to the zombie ref. <laughs> it's well, like... Yeah, how else are they going to get the zombie ref out there? Uh, like, why Why are we doing this? Why are they doing this? I don't know. I didn't hate it as much as you. The tank is worse. We will talk about the tank in a minute. <laughs> oh, I love the tank. Uh, Killian Dane, Drake Maverick, and Everrise were having a match before they got beaten the shit out by uh, Pat McAfee's still yet-to-be-named group. That's the best. <laughs> Greatest of all time. Best manager of all time, Pat McAfee. Pete Dunne's fake tan looks quite ridiculous when he's standing next to uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. 
It's just like dude is looking slim. He's in very good shape, but he is unnaturally orange from November next to two guys who always live in America. <laughs> I, it's funny. It's like I like that Oni is basically the same like kind of stoic dude, but now like out of nowhere, Danny Birch is like doing crotch chops. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to match Undisputed Era's level. <laughs> sure. Yeah, they cut a promo about Undisputed Era, how they were pushed, but the other people in this group weren't pushed, so they're mad. Yes. I enjoyed them playing off of uh, Roddy turning on Pete, which has always been a loose thread that I wanted them to tie up. And just to attack a, an early uh, Wednesday War Games meme, they they burned the flag. So that ties it into our yeah. podcast. I, oh, door, don't you. <laughs> I was pacing. I was pacing as they were messing with that flag. Really calling back to our early podcast bits. I was mad. But it's a good representation. The flag is burnt, as is the bit. And it is gone forever. Well, they stopped introducing new flags. What was I meant to do? So does this segue into a Dane and Maverick feud, or did it just go away? I think that's just a next week, or whatever. Like they, just, they have a match. Like Pete will face Drake next week, or some shit. I guess that would make sense. Um, I like that this was all being built up to like McAfee, like essentially. I know it's I know it's McAfee, but it's gonna take a minute for me to click that in my head. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, they were, were, it's like they were retiring the jersey of the Undisputed Era. Where's Adam Cole? Um, he's still hurt from Ridge Holland. He's boo-boo. Yeah, he got thrown over a barricade. That hurts, okay? Oh yeah, and then they murdered Killian Dane. Poor guy. They crushed his skull in. Yeah, he's... He's He was bleeding everywhere. Gone forever. Um, you know how last, because we got the best podcast titles in the game. Uh Uh-huh. Um, you found out the word for the fear fear of wheels. I did. Um... You now have to find out what the name of an asexual attraction towards wheels is for this week. Oh, uh, is there a word? It's probably like Troca There has or something. to be a wheel kink. Sexual attraction. To wheels. <laughs> to wheels. Uh, the sexuality wheel, no. Happily married to a Ferris wheel. That's yeah. from Adelaide now. This is an Australian story. Now we have to go on this tangent, sorry. We've been led in this direction. <laughs> All right. Load, you slow-loading Australian website. Oh, the page can't be found. Okay, I'll read the preview. Um, meet three women with the condition uh, object of sexuality, which... Uh, uh, all right. Oh, there you go. That's, 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 the, that's, that's not as fun. Just just call it wheel kink. Well, okay, we'll call it wheel kink. And um, the allowed hallway, I think, is the name of the AW part of this episode. <laughs> outthink the wheel kink. <laughs> allowed hallway, outthink the wheel think kink. God, tongue twisters. <laughs> tongue. Stupid. Uh, Gargano loves wheels now. Scream guy is next to him. Gargano's having loving his life. So the Scream guy is is Indie Hartwell, right? Again, looked far too big to be Indie Hartwell, which again fits with Scream continuity. So yes. I also like that they make the Scream person. What if it's two Scream people? Because one was with Johnny in the house, and the other one was with Candace in the car. Well, that's the red herrings. That's the way Scream films work. Have you ever seen a Scream film, Liam? Uh, no. Have you ever, Have you not ever seen a Scream film? No. Really? How did you miss that? I don't watch horror. It's not a horror. It's a satire I re- of horror. I read horror. It's a satire of horror, Liam. Sorry. I was playing my Silent Hills. <laughs> cool guy thinking he plays video games too busy being a gamer. I'm a gamer. I'm a... I'm a <laughs> Oh no, well that soundbite's there now. Um, <laughs> this is the moment that will get you cancelled, nothing else. Yeah, you know what? You know what, Garrett? Hot take. 
I like video games. In like 30 years, you're going to run for elected office and somebody's going to pull the I'm a gamer quote off of this podcast and you will sure be done. Worst things I've said by accident. <laughs> Tony Storm and Shotzi Blackheart. Um, I thought this was a good match. I thought the match was pretty <laughs> good. Yeah, the match was fine. But then I think it's very clear that they have matching team gear. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think, you know, it's going to be... To- like, the whole time I was watching this, I was like, it's going to be Tony and Shotzi versus Indy and Candice going forward. Yeah, the tank. Like, Liam. they have matching gear. <laughs> Liam the tank. I am so happy that the tank is dead. <sighs> you should have... I cheered. <laughs> I literally stood up and I was like, thank God the tank is dead. Well, you weren't Shotzi Blackheart who stood in the middle of the ring, broke down crying at the fact that her tank was broken by... This is typical WWE because instead of the tank being like she can't a, just be mad. But no, it's like instead of the tank just being like a fun part of her entrance. Oh, she comes out in a tank. It's fun. Her character is the tank. She is the tank. She has become the tank, mm-hmm. and everything about her is the tank. So like, like it's just so absurd that she takes this tank so seriously that when it's crushed. She, like, crumples to her knees crying. And then even worse, Tony Storm is, like, putting her arm around her shoulder, consoling her about her broken tank as if she'd lost, like, a family member. And I'm like, what's... Why is this what this thing is about? Why is this... The... It was a bad finish as well, because uh, distraction finishes are the worst. Big, uh, Kelly Slater energy. But why are we taking the tank this seriously? And that is a very specific joke for a specific subsect of wrestling fan. <laughs> Big shimmer reference. <laughs> ah, between the tank and the zombie, I was just like, what are we doing on this dumb television show? It's it's silly, but the tank is dead now. <laughs> so I'm happy. This is Dolorelium. She's going to come out in a bigger tank next week. I would... I would oh, a two-person tank! <laughs> oh, it's going to be a two-person tank. Okay. I just thought of something from the Gargano thing that I want to talk about, but um, mm-hmm. the the payoff of this is definitely going to be that she gets a new tank for like the big blow-off match with Candice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's unfortunate. The tank should be dead forever, and Shotzi should be taken seriously. Also, she didn't seem that broken up by the tank being missing when she made her entrance. Yeah, why isn't she guarding her tank? If she cares about it that much, well, she should be like sleeping with her tank. Maybe she does. Maybe that's why she was so upset. Sexual attraction to objects. This is a, a, a reoccurring thread on NXT this week. Everyone just wants to fuck inanimate objects. Um, yeah, the Gargano thing real quick. I just like that their house has become a hodgepodge of references to past feuds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have the wheel in the background. They still have the fucking um, the dick guard <laughs> on the table. Their new TV, of course. Was the t- TV in the background? Probably not, but I it's really in the house. It, it was. Yeah, I just, yeah, I, I like that. I hope from every feud they just add more stuff. Also, I like that Gargano makes the screen person wear the scream stuff <laughs> in the house. Well, he knows he might appear. He's on television. He's a responsible, unlike AEW, who reveal all of their freaking masked people the instant they're shown on camera. Johnny Gargano is smart. He's like, we cannot reveal our scream person. <laughs> he was dancing. He cheated to win the game. And then he just left... <laughs> I love Johnny. He's the Johnny and Candace. This is the Johnny and Candace show. Yeah. Uh, Legato del Fantasma are in the car park, but turnabout is fair play. Jake Atlas attacked them in the car park. Stupid. (laughs) (laughs) He just jumped out of his car. What a baby face. (laughs) Jumped out with a nightstick, hit a guy in the tummy, and drove off. (laughs) I did like DJZ was like, You think you're so tough when they did that to everyone else? (laughs) Like, you coward. (laughs) Uh, 
I, I like Legato del Fantasma. Jake Atlas drive-by clubbings. But like, he gets out in your tummy and then gets in and drives off. He showed them. They should definitely end this feud with a Jake Atlas um, Escobar parking lot brawl for the title. Mm. Will it be better than the best friend's pride and powerful one? No. Hitting each other with the remains of the tank, which are just sitting there on the side of the road. Oh, taking a bump onto the remains of the tank would suck. Oh, Candace and Johnny should do a funeral for the tank. <gasps> they probably will. If they do a funeral for the tank, <laughs> then, I'm on board with the tank. And then Shotzi and Tony should just show up. <laughs> And like, 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 sincerely mourn the tank while Johnny is doing his bit. I thought that like they were in like they were in the, the casket and they pop out and beat the shit out of him. Oh, we should write this show. No, they should do. They should redo the big show thing with Bossman, where they drive off with the, the casket and Chelsea jumps on the casket. You were very tickled by this idea. Just the image of Chelsea grasping the casket as they drive off. (laughs) Thatcher beats some people up. Then Candace should feed the tank to Chelsea. (laughs) But in some elaborate way. She should, like she did for Tegan Knox, she's going to invite Candace over for a ceasefire, give her a bowl of pasta, and then be like, You were secretly (laughs) eating your tank. There's little bits of metal in there. Then Schultzy just starts bleeding from the inside and <laughs> dies. That's the payoff. And then Candace and Johnny are just murderers. Listen, it works on some shows. Thatcher beating people up. How do you feel about the big him being mean to people? I love Thatcher's Thatch Care. It's the best. It's the best thing about Thatcher on the show. He was being mean. He bullied people. But then, what's Anthony Green's new name? Something Grey? Um, something Grey. Oh, God. We're no use to each other. <laughs> Um, I just, I really like that he, he the dude was like like they kind of put a Kim over as like kind of like a hard ass. He's like, yeah, man, that, okay, I'll get over it, I'll get over it, and I like that. But I I I really like that Thatcher was like, no, it's your turn next, it's your turn, don't worry about it, <laughs> and then just <laughs> breaks him further. Mm. Big Tim cannot beat anybody of note, so he's just bullying nerds. That should be his character. Yeah, exactly. He should be a fake tough guy who loses all his big matches but bullies dweebs. What's his, like, age? It's funny, like, AG's, like... I never saw much of him on the indies. Mm-hmm. Like, I, my assumption of what his gimmick was always, like, guy who looks like he can't wrestle but actually can. Mm-hmm. So now he's just, like, a weird, like, serious wrestler guy. He's not even doing, like, the pervert shit. <laughs> so I'm just... I'm very perplexed by what his gimmick is going to be in NXT. Speaking of perplexed about Cause... gimmicks, Jaili, uh, <laughs> she was being interviewed by Mackenzie Mitchell, who's, like... Hey, Jaya, what's up with this, like, weird letters? And Jaya's like, I can't tell you, but then she got another letter. And she restored, went up to Regal. Oh, no, Regal gave her the letter. And she, she was like, I must fight Raquel Gonzalez for my respect. And your family. And they definitely have a family captive. We called this feud exactly. If that's actually the story, this is very strange. I mean, it is. <laughs> that's definitely what this is. Next week, she's going to get, like, she'll lose to the Mel and then... Mel, I just called him out at this point. Um, she'll lose to her next week, and then she'll open a letter, and there'll just be a finger in it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Rhea Ripley had a vignette built toward Io Shirai. I don't care about this match. It's just because, I don't know. They've done it so many times, and it's never lived up to the hype. But it's also, they've always, every time they've done it, it's been like as a side attraction for something yeah. else. I don't know, I'm not into it. Next week, Johnny Gargano against a mystery opponent who I hope is just Indy Hartwell. It's going to be the Scream. It's just going to be the, the Scream person. 
wrestles Indy Hartwell, who lies down for him, and he's like, ah, cackle. Uh, Lorcan and Birch versus Breezango for the tag titles in the rematch. Um, I don't like Breezango. I like Breezango. They have good matches. I'm over them. I don't like them. They don't have good matches. Uh, main event, who cares? <laughs> Champa beat Dream. Champa beat the shit out of him the whole time. Just it nice. really feels like... It feels like they're getting ready to like get him off of TV. But, like, you should have done that two months ago. Like, the entire gimmick of Kushida was he was trying to murder him, and he still just kept on showing up. <laughs> like, he hasn't done... Like, they've buried him, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't care about burying him. I don't want him on television. <laughs> Especially in TV main events. Like, it, you don't... You, they're trying to get, like, both... They're trying to have their, uh, their I was going to say their lunch and eat it too. They're trying to do both things. They want to have him on TV, but they also don't want to push him. So they're burying him, but he's still on TV. So it defeats the whole purpose of burying him. Just don't put him on TV. Like if just, this is it. Don't put him on TV from this point forward. Please. That's it. That's it. That's all of it. That is it in general. Match of the week. Um, good question. I'm going to go for MJF and Wardlow against Sammy Guevara and Ortiz. Even though it had mixed messages, very good match. I think... Isley, I'm not going to pick a Wardlow match. Yeah, but MJF's in it. That's true. Um, that is a significant counterbalance. I'm going to go Ember Moon and Dakota Kai. Also a good match. Uh, show of the week. There was nothing like blow away match quality wise. No, there was a lot of like three and a quarters on these shows. Yeah. Show of the week. Um, show. Which show was the best of these two television shows? <sighs> good question. It's the same one I ask every week, so I, I think you should be prepared mm, for it. I should start preparing for it. I like both about the same. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, AEW. I hate the zombies. I, like... I hate the tanks. Unless they do a funeral <laughs> for the tank, in which I may retrospectively give, to give the result to NXT. <laughs> but yeah, the, there's things I didn't. I like the finishes on this show. Like the, the crappy finish and the, the opener, zombie finish, jumping, no contest finish. Uh, uh, freaking tank finish and then even the main event had a weird chair tank finish, finish. So, this, this, these are the words that you have to use to describe wrestling in 2020 uh, so yeah it's it's AEW for me too Poll also says AEW to the ratio of 80 as I round up 89 per, yeah 89% to 11% so comprehensive victory off 70 votes but I, I really I don't think it was that close of a blowout to be honest well in a week in which democracy can frequently be wrong our poll is wrong as well. Uh, oh, we missed the opportunity to do a cool Trump uh, stop voting like joke. Uh, stop the count. I'll edit, uh, stop, I'll, I'll, I'll edit that in. Okay, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a clean... Uh, on three, we're both at the same time. Okay. All right. One, two, three. Stop, stop the, ca- the count. Stop count. Stop it. Stop the, stop the count. Um, all votes after my one vote to NXT shouldn't count. Mm-hmm. Um, you voted for AW, but that's neither here nor there. But no, I meant like in the poll. Because um, voting... Did you vote for NXT in the poll? I didn't vote in the poll. Okay. Uh, voting doesn't count when it doesn't go the way I want it to. Mm-hmm. That's how democracy works. We're back on politics, baby. And like we said, we will announce the winner of the US presidential election live on the show um it's joe biden it's kanye west <laughs> he got sixty thousand votes did he actually yeah uh biden is at 253 <laughs> and trump is at 213 well that depends whether or not you count the call of uh, arizona i don't 
I don't support Fox. Well, it was also the AP. I don't support the alternate press. Yes. It has the word press in it. Can't trust anything with the word press in it. Press slam. Preston Vance. Luthers press. Preston Vance. Press 10 Vance best arms in the biz, baby. Trusted. All right, we're getting out of here. If you, if you right, like wait, the, Garrett, the ball, we have to no, leave on a high no, note. No, we're ending. What's your the favorite podcast? Sword and Shield Pokemon? Uh, it is uh, Boltund. Hmm. I like. Uh, um, <laughs> you think about it. I'll do the outro. Uh, if you'd like yeah, to vote right. in the poll, you can follow us on Twitter at WarGamesPod. If you'd like more AEW coverage in your podcasting feeds, you can listen to Everything Elite. If you'd like more NXT or W Television show coverage in your podcasting feed, you can listen to Shake Them Ropes. Liam, what is your favorite Galar Pokemon? Uh, it's that the, the little ice bug dude. Snom. Yeah, I like Snom. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye. Snom, nom, 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 nom. <laughs>